Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Amongst the deluge of images that we're receiving from Ukraine, the news and the reality of that situation, I thought this week I would delve into the world of photography. We're not ignoring what's going on in Ukraine. I just felt that this week we would have a break, a breather, an opportunity perhaps to look at photography in a very close and personal way. And as such, I've turned to the latest book uh, by Stephen Shaw, titled Modern Instances, The Craft of Photography, a memoir. I'm really enjoying reading this book, and I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to think about photography in a slightly deeper way, but read about it in a very clear and concise language. In the book, I'm only halfway through, Shaw talks about photography in relation to news, to police photography, to art, to history. All the things I think are really important, to be honest, when talking about photography. But this week, I wanted to read from the book a short passage, well, perhaps quite a long passage, actually, because I thought it was really relevant, and I thought also it was worth all of us reflecting upon. Stephen says this, One of the reasons I have been drawn to photographing everyday life is because the everyday world is fertile ground for communicating the experience of living with attention. A dramatic event acts upon you. To attend to the quotidian requires you to act. I began the first edition of Uncommon Places with a quote from the architect Louis Sullivan's book, Kindergarten Chats. For attention is of the essence of our powers. It is that which draws other things towards us. It is that which, if we have lived with it, brings the experiences of our lives ready to our hand. If things but make impression on you, you will not forget them. And thus, as you go through life, your store of experiences becomes greater, richer, more and more available. But to this end, you must cultivate attention, the art of seeing, the art of listening. You needn't trouble about memory, that will take care of itself. But you must learn to live in the true sense. To pay attention is to live. And to live is to pay attention. And bear in mind most of all that your spiritual nature is but a higher faculty of seeing and listening a finer, nobler way of paying attention. That, to me, is photography. And I have to say that Stephen Shaw's latest book is filled with such nuggets of insight. It's a highly recommended purchase, and it's an even higher recommendation to read it. Each week, we welcome a photographer to the podcast to explain to us in less than five minutes what photography means to them. This week, it's no different. We welcome Asiko, who was born in London and spent his formative years in Nigeria. He's now based in London and working as Asiko, the Nigerian word for the moment. He describes himself as a visual artist who expresses his ideas through the medium of photography and a mixed media. His work is constructed in the narrative that straddles between fantasy and reality as a response to his experiences of identity, culture and heritage. 
Each series explores the limits of femininity and masculinity, spirituality and beauty, and our relationship with nature and understanding of a sense of self in the world in which we live. Asiko's visual aesthetic comes with adornment and choreographed movement, juxtaposed with atmospheric locations, symbolism and a distinct seductive charge. His images have been widely exhibited in the USA, France, Nigeria, Norway and the UK and reported on by CNN Africa and the BBC. It's also been published in titles including Afropunk, The Guardian, Shown Magazine, 125 Magazine, Blank Magazine and Pride. A very introspective question. What does photography mean to me? I, th- I think it's a way for me to connect with the world I live in. It's a way for me to express and talk about the journey that I have as a person, um, as a Nigerian living in the UK, as a, a man. Um, it's a way to talk about my culture and my heritage. It's a way to talk about the things that I found interesting in the world that I live in. And it's a way to interact through expression of photographs um, about my journey as a human being. In, in a way, it's also a love letter to my cultural heritage, being a Nigerian a man living in the UK, and how I want to uh, preserve that culture through my work, but also interpret that culture. Um, I, I'm not a documentary phot- photographer or, or artist. I'm more a conceptual artist. So it's, it's in a way, it's for me to interpret uh, my heritage through my own eyes and how I see my heritage and its space in the world. Um, so I think for me, uh, photography is is very much a, a big part of my life and it also affords me um, a way to research into things that I find interesting because whenever I think of a project or I think of an idea or something moves me to create some work about it, I research and I start to dive into and try to understand. Um, so a couple of years ago, I created a body of work about um, women that ex- had experienced female genitalia mutilation and looking at how it had affected these different women who had gone through this heinous um, um, ritual, which is supposed to be, you know, carved out of African uh, culture. And it exists in a few different cultures, but it's, it's always about the culture. It's propagated by culture. So for me, it was... I had to do some research to fully understand it because I never fully understood it. And I think being an artist affords me that um, way to be curious about the world that I live in and find out about uh, these different things and rituals and practices and how people 
actual you know existence society so uh, i'm i i love that you know my library is covered with books but it's books about cultural heritage or about how we humans live in the space that we do and you know the tail end of that is a photograph of that idea uh, or bringing that idea to life of how I saw um, how people live or how I saw things through my eyes. So uh, I, I think research and diving into a subject has really, you know, come from photography. So it's that's quite an interesting thing for me um, to be able to do that. Um, what does it mean? Um, it's... I guess it's it's a way for me to see the world as well and understand beauty and understand essence and and how and how you know how to understand faces how to see different faces how to appreciate the beauty of you know different people from different cultures and different backgrounds in in photographing them you are connecting with them but then also you are seeing their faces on an aesthetic way and you're really getting to understand all these different cultures and the nuances on their faces or in their personalities or what different cultures how they represent themselves so it's it's really been an interesting journey for me um, since I started you know photographing and being an artist it's it's my way of connecting with the world and it's my way ex- of expression to the world that I live in Thank you, Asiko, for your contribution this week. If you're not aware of his work, do check him out. Asiko is A-S-I-K-O. There's a couple of uh, accents on those letters there, on the letters there as well, on the A, the I, and the O. So I hope I've pronounced it correctly for you. So great to hear his... um, contribution once again focused so much on the personal which is as we all know the essence of great photography as is the importance of research and trying to find out and understand about the people and the subjects and the stories that we want to explore and to tell and become the conduits for so great to hear from him this week A couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that we were starting launching a new podcast series titled In Search of Bill J. Well, I've been working on that on the last couple of weeks and episode one looks like it's coming together and ready to be posted over the next week or so. If you missed the little trailer we ran for that, maybe you'd like to hear that again now. My name is Bill Jay, and I'm talking to you from Tempe, Arizona. When I saw a bunch of photographs, which I didn't understand, uh, then I would contact the photographer. My memory is that it was just a ring at the door, you, you know, and suddenly there was this guy. I came into the room, and I looked the guy up and down and said, hmm, this is an interesting character. I accepted your offer to be included here is because I hold the guy in such high regard. I personally think he's the most interesting writer there's been on photography. He owed a lot of money and um, he just got out of everything. He escaped. 
He was a lone voice in America. He was a beacon of hope, really. He was an evangelist. Bill was a catalyst for all of us. He was the flame that started it all. The meaning of that is unintelligible, and so it should be. In Search of Bill Jay is brought to you by the makers of Do Not Bend, the photographic life of Bill Jay and the United Nations of Photography. My name is Grant Scott and it was once suggested that I was Bill Jay. I'm not, but I did want to find out who he was and why he did what he did for photography. I therefore decided to go in search of the truth, a truth that may explain why he had been written out of photographic history. Evangelist, Bible salesman, photographer, editor, writer, curator, lecturer, historian, instigator, provocateur, teacher, mentor and rattlesnake shooter, Bill Jay was all of these and more. His influence on photography in the UK and US from the mid-60s until his death in Costa Rica in 2009 cannot be underestimated. In 2018, the film Do Not Bend, the photographic life of Bill Jay, was first screened at the Martin Parr Foundation in Bristol. It was the culmination of two years' work, a film made by just two people, myself and filmmaker Tim Pellet. The team that created the film was as small as the budget. It was a self-funded project with no additional financial support, and yet its impact within the photographic community in both the UK and US belied its humble origins. The creation of any narrative requires extensive research, and the creation of a finished film requires extensive editing. Interviews and conversations are reduced to sound bites, and much conversation lands on the digital cutting room floor. The telling of Bill's story also instigated new conversations and memories once forgotten. The memories of Bill in the general consciousness were conflicting, informed by hearsay and confused by the passing of time. I sought to find a truth and to put the record straight. But why did I choose to do this? What the hell have you done with your life since then? Nothing. As photographers, we tell stories. It's the basis of what we do. We are visual storytellers. However we wish to perceive ourselves, I think that is the truth. As a story, the Bill J story is hard to beat. So I hope you join me on that journey in search of Bill J. Each week over the last few years, I've been able to find stories that I felt were relevant to photographers to talk about. And also, I suppose, to share with you some of my experiences on my photographic life. The things I see, the points that I want to raise, the uh, discussions which are going on that I think are worth progressing, perhaps bringing new photographers to you, and also at the same time, finding discussion points which may be contentious and maybe, I suppose, need to be addressed in a way that others are not addressing them. Whilst what is currently going on in Ukraine and with Russia is happening, I've got to admit, I think it's going to be difficult to avoid discussion around what's happening, even if that's from a photographic perspective only or from a moving image a news perspective, a narrative perspective. So if you do feel 
that that's something you don't want to deal with, I kind of understand. I'm going to try and keep some balance. But I think that balance may be led by what's happening. I've got no idea. I'm just, I suppose, in a way, sharing with you some of my thoughts and my concerns about where we are currently with photography, which, let's be honest, doesn't seem to be hugely important when we see the pain and the suffering that others are currently going through. On a far more positive note, it was amazing to see the success of Photo Print Day, the special Ukraine pop-up edition that Jim Mortram put on in the last week or so. He raised a considerable amount of money through his initiative of selling prints cheaply that he spoke about on a previous episode. On that episode, he spoke about this happening in September, where it was going to be put on for a range of different charities. He reacted quickly, swiftly, and with real, a real sense of purpose in putting on that print day for Ukraine. And the photo community responded with gusto. And that was great to see. It's also been great to see the photographer Giles Dooley with his No More War t-shirts working with the great punk graphic designer Jamie Reed to come up with that initiative to raise money as well. And that's something that's obviously broader than the photographic community, but I hope will really be taken up by us, by the people who listen to this podcast, by photographers. There is so much we can do even if we're not there. People I know are now heading to the Polish border and actually into Ukraine. A previous contributor to this podcast recently went to the Ukraine to get out his family, to get them out of that situation. Whatever is happening that distance away, it's actually much closer to us, perhaps than any of us realize for the first time in our lives. Anyway, I don't want to be preachy and I don't want to bring you down about this stuff, but I hope you understand that my photographic life and I think your photographic lives at the moment are all being informed and touched by something which is much, much more serious than the lives we lead. This week, I end the podcast, as I always do, with two words. But those two words are not just to you, the listeners. I suppose it's a universal truth. We all have to take care. Thank you.